I think what I'm learning about motherhood is that it's an area that I need to keep investing in and keep learning about every single day as my kids grow and change ages and stages. And so I'm so glad to have Dawn with me from Living by Heart. She is a licensed family and marriage therapist and really just down to earth. It gives us really practical advice of how to be better moms and parents and women. And so today I wanted to, I, I, I asked Dawn, I said, okay, give me three tips of how to be a good mom, but good is in air quotes. <laughs> that's not, that's not necessarily the goal, but it's kind of the goal. As we think about being a mom, we want to be good moms. So we're going to share three tips with you today that are ultra practical. And let's just jump in, Dawn. What, what is your first tip? Welcome to the Minimum Mom Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. We all can identify with having a list of projects or things we want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And so as moms, I think it's really awesome to see moms who prioritize relationship with their families and their kids above the checklist. Now, I'm like the first offender on this one, so (laughs) I do need to be totally transparent and say, this is a growth area for me to remind myself to be present, to slow down, to get on the floor to play a game, to take the time to read a book aloud, Mm -hmm. you know, and to really give the kids what they're looking for, which is undivided attention. And I think I almost feel like this was easier when the kids were littler. It was a different kind of busy, but it's it's actually fairly easy to connect with two and three and four-year-olds to be their hero, to be well-liked by them. Yes. But now tell us the ages of your kids and how that's evolved now that they're getting older. Yeah. So I have two sons and one is almost 10 and one is 11 and then a daughter who's turning 13 this month. So we'll be all double digits, which feels surreal. Yeah. Um, And so I have noticed it's so different and I'm sure, you know, any moms who are listening with those pre-teen, teen years... I find that those connection times happen just in a different way. So Mm -hmm. it might be while we're driving and, you know, their favorite is late at night. When I'm ready to go to bed, they're ready to talk. (laughs) (laughs) But really, you know, prioritizing that time and knowing, you know, this won't always be the case. I think when they're little, it's easy to think this will always be this way. It'll be like this forever. Mm -hmm. And the truth is the seasons come and they go. And so can I give them the gift of my presentness, even though it's late? And I might need to brew coffee at 8 p.m. just to do it. But I want to be there. And I'm realizing now Adeline's 11. And I actually just even noticed this morning, I was like running around. I'm like trying to get this done and that done. I'm like, I got to go soon. And she was literally following me around from room to room. One thing was about a YouTuber she follows. One thing was about a friend who emailed but never emailed back. But she found out why because she was on vacation, you know. And I was like, wow, it really, we have to have chunks of time. There's just no way to cram it into short times. Like you you need, we need quantity time with our kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe some of you have heard that, that old phrase that kids spell love T-I-M-E and it's true whether they're young or old and, you know, depending on their love language too, Mm -hmm. it can be really helpful to kind of dial down into what actually ministers to them and kind of gets through to them. Um, So I would encourage people to check that out too. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that, Adeline, her number one is quality time. If you haven't done the five love languages for kids, that's a great resource. And even when your kids are little, I think I was able to pick out from ages like three and four um, pretty easily what their love languages are. And so, oh man, as you say that now, I'm like, we need to do game night and we need to, but it's, it's not just that it's, it's really the undivided attention, right? Where I stop, I put down my phone Mm -hmm. and I just like, okay, 
tell me about the YouTuber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell me why Kate didn't email you back and, and just really giving them that undivided attention. Absolutely. Yeah. And being able to reflect back to them what you mm. hear them saying, yeah. I think is just so um, validating for them, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, that sounds challenging or that sounds really cool. Yeah. Or if I were you, I would have felt that way too. Right. You know, that kind of engagement I think is not only helping them, but it also is teaching them yeah. how we hope they'll navigate relationships too when they're yeah. grown up. That's actually a skill Dawn has been teaching me as we've gotten <laughs> to know each other a little bit better. I'm like, wow, Dawn, you are so good at validating. And I know you're a therapist, so they probably teach you that. It's cool. But um, I think it comes naturally too. But is there anything better than feeling like somebody else understands us right? and that we have their attention? Mm-hmm. I mean, how that actually makes us feel like we matter and we're seen. And I know... Um, Mel Robbins will often oversimplify parenting into, into two things. She's like, kids need to be seen and they need to know they fit in. They, they need a place to fit in. And, and for us, I want that to be in our family, right? I don't want them to find that elsewhere. Of course, as they get older, they're going to venture out as well. But that they can be seen and know that they fit in in our family, how that's going to empower them to be you know, really confident adults. And so again, not, not that we're going for perfection or that we can always do this right every single day, but a tool that we can keep in our back pocket um, to be focusing on. So, uh, what's number two? (laughs) So number two is successful moms know how to play the long game. So Mm. I feel that what I mean by that is when we're parenting, we have to remember that we are actually growing adults. Mm. (laughs) And so I am. A, I too get on the slippery slope where I tolerate certain behaviors or attitudes, mm. and then one day you wake up and you say to yourself, "Wait a minute! When they're 25, is this gonna work for them?" Yeah. You know, like my my son is famous for like, "Hey mom, I need my water bottle," and it's like. I go get it. What am I, why? You know, as you're halfway there to go get it, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You have two feet. You are perfectly capable. You know, little things like that all the way through to academic focus or, you know, Mm -hmm. how diligent they are in their activities or their Mm -hmm. cleaning of their room, you know, really remembering and picturing them as an adult and then comparing that behavior or heart attitude and saying, is this going to serve them well? Because ultimately loving them well means that I'm setting limits around that stuff and really creating a delightful human being to be around. That's really the end game, right? Well, and can we validate right now that this is not always easy because a lot of times it is so much easier to do it ourselves. Even as Corbin was loading the dishwasher and I've told him many times, you don't actually have to like totally pre-wash every dish before you put it in, but he will literally spend like an hour loading the dish. He's very diligent in particular. And so he will want to like pre-wash every dish before it goes into the dishwasher. (laughs) And I'm just like, tempted. I'm like, I just want to get this done so we can go on about the rest of our evening. And I've had to catch myself. I'm like, no, Uh eventually he's going to get faster and he's going to realize that we don't have to spend that much time on them, but it would be easier to do it myself a lot of times. Yes. Oh, I totally resonate with that. This is a major growth area for me. So I'm still working on being a successful mom. (laughs) I think think it's really good for everyone to hear that. (laughs) Like you said, it's a process and, you know, we're growing and changing just as much as Mm -hmm. they are. And so they impact us too. So yeah, I totally feel that. And I think the investment 
and the time that it takes to train yeah. them in a different way, right, mm-hmm. pays off eventually. Right. Just today, my kids are supposed to be cleaning the bathroom okay. while we're here. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is amazing. Like, they know all the steps. They know all the ingredients they yeah. need, you know. And it was on their little list this morning. And so it took a long time. Yeah. But now, look, I got to come here and yeah. hang out with you. Right. And my bathroom's getting cleaned. Right. So that's beautiful. That paid off. I know. Well, we'll see. The jury's <laughs> out. I'll let everybody know yeah. how it turned out. <laughs> but at least they went yeah. through the exercise, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So what's number three? So definitely... Um, Successful moms have to know how to nurture their own hearts. And, you know, that has to be on the list. And in fact, I should mention, these are not in order of importance. In fact, (laughs) this one might be the most important because what we need to realize is that we cannot give what we ourselves do not possess. And it takes, it took me forever to figure that out. I was that mom who would get burned out and Mm -hmm. feel guilty about taking breaks or whatever. And thankfully, I think I've matured a little bit where I'm able to say, (laughs) actually, you know, I'm really tired and I'm going to have compassion towards myself and grace towards myself Mm -hmm. to rest or whatever it looks like that my heart is full. And then I bring that heart to them to my family but if I'm running on empty all the time and ignoring my own heart you know we yell at our kids we blow up we have short tempers or we just get cranky and resentful towards our families totally and you know you always hear the the analogy of the um, when you're on an airplane and it's the oxygen mask you got to put your own on first I I really don't like that anymore because I feel like it's been so overused I agree but at the same time it's like it it's so true, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was reading a book on attachment, parenting, and all that kind of stuff, which can put a whole nother layer of guilt on you if yeah. you're not careful. But I'm trying <laughs> to just pick out like the good pieces. And, and it said, we're modeling to our kids how to manage their emotions. And if we're not able to manage our own emotions and to check and be like, oh, that came out a little sharper than I was intending, yeah. or I am completely overdrawn right now, what do I need to do for me to get back into a more balanced place? Um, it's really hard to be able to teach that to our kids. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of importance to put on this. But again, within balance, I don't want to just add everyone's yes. to-do list. But but really, like you said, this maybe is number one. Yes, I think so. Because it really determines who we bring to those relationships. And that's, of course, outside of our kids even. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Throughout the family. And don't you feel like moms kind of set the mood? Of the family home. And so I feel like, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody happy. It really is true. It is true. And so if I, you know, carry so much weight and and power in the atmosphere of the home, Mm -hmm. I really want to steward that well. Yeah. And it took me, again, a long time to kind of figure that one out. Yeah. As I'm, like, yelling at Adeline, (laughs) don't yell at Corbin. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm yelling at her. Okay. Okay. We're all going to take a deep breath, and we're going to try this again. And I do, like, I mean, we've become big fans of the do-over in our house. And like, if the kids are kind of snarky or snappy, I'm like, okay, there is a good possibility that I have modeled that to them today. So I am going to give them a chance to do it over and try again. And um, so that's been helpful because obviously we're not going to be perfect all the time, but probably in that same category of mom care would be having other moms around Mm -hmm. us that we can relate to. Absolutely. It's all about feeling validated, right? Right. (laughs) So again, like that basic human need of feeling seen and understood is so 
I just think foundational to yeah. health. And yeah. and actually something interesting is that there was a study and they kind of studied across all severe mental illness. Mm-hmm. I mean, severe, severe stuff like okay. schizophrenia and other really severe disorders. And one thing that they all had in common was chronic invalidation. Oh, yeah. And so you can imagine what that yeah. would be like, or maybe we can't, you know, of day in and day out feeling unseen mm-hmm. and not understood and how damaging that can be yeah. to our psyche yeah. even. And I think this is gotten a little twisted on like social media because sometimes our form of validating each other is like, yeah, it's okay. The house is a mess and your kids don't listen. And, and we, it's like, oh, that's just mom life for now until they get older. And so I think surrounding ourselves with people that call us to one level higher, right? Definitely. Um, that like, no, let's work to declutter our house so that we do feel like we have more peace of mind and we're a little more in control of our emotions and we can model that mm-hmm. to our kids. And yes, some days it absolutely looks like that, but let's not live there, right? Let's not camp out there. Yes. Let's keep working it towards simplifying or whatever it is, you know, but that we're not going to validate just the junky side of motherhood, but we're going to keep moving forward to find the good stuff too. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. I feel like calling each other higher mm-hmm. to a higher place and really calling out the gold in yeah. the other mom, right? Yeah. Of like, hey, you've got excellence to bring to the table. It doesn't need to be perfection, right? Um, but you're capable of more. And and I just will say as a side note, feel free to edit this out. Um, <laughs> the whole mommy wine club thing, yeah. I struggle with too, because yeah. I feel like it's another place to kind of camp out and just sort of check out. Yeah. Um, and I'm totally fine with some social gatherings mm-hmm. or wine on the curb, right? <laughs> but I feel like, you know, there's a place of like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. who are you really going to bring to the table? And so, again, not dwelling mm-hmm. in that negativity and, and bringing it home because, yeah. again, we bring that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, if you are looking for more practical encouragement to be a successful mom, to be a successful woman, a successful friend and sister, again, we're using that word uh, <laughs> in quotes. In quotes. <laughs> But it, I, I do believe we're wired to mm-hmm. want to have good relationships, to want to be a good parent, to want to be a good wife. And so if you are looking for more practical tips, I'm going to link to Dawn's channel in the show notes because uh, you should definitely check it out. She, she always breaks everything down into very practical steps and she'll always validate you <laughs> in the process. So thanks so much for being with us today, Dawn. My pleasure. We're so glad that you could join us today and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon.